It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutritional information. And I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm so pleased you got up early to listen to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I'm very happy that you care enough about your health to listen. As you know, the topic of nutrition has not always been a most sought-after topic, but today it is, and it's really nice to have that happening. I'm also excited to learn that we have iTunes listeners in many different countries and some from right here in the metro area. So this past month, we've had people contacting us who live in Australia, Germany, California, New York, South Carolina, Burnsville, and even Wyzetta, all because they catch the show on iTunes. To all of you, I really say thank you very much. Each week, we pride ourselves in bringing you information that will help you get rid of those bad health robbing habits and make suggestions to help you acquire new life cha- life saving practices lots of work in those things get rid of the bad bring in the good so i believe today's topic what what's in your water will be as important to your health as understanding why trans fats and we've talked about that lots and lots of times on the show are as damaged and trans fats and foods are damaging to your cells and high fructose corn syrup can lead to insulin resistance and gout, and we've talked a lot about that. And really, I'm not alone in studio today. I'm not. Cara Carper joins us as a co-host, and Cara has her master's degree in holistic health from St. Kate's, and she specializes in helping clients learn how to manage their stress and anxiety. So welcome, Cara. I know you've been really busy lately with clients. Yeah, it's our offices have just in general been very busy lately, and we have lots of classes, and they're filling up, so it's wonderful. Yes, it is. Well, our topic today, Dar, like you said, what is in our water? And it's so interesting because water is one of the most basic substances for human survival, yet some people have replaced that important nutrient with things like Coke, Mountain Dew, Maybe coffee. We see it all the time, don't we, as we sit down with clients and we have them fill out this little thing on water and maybe they'll say one or two glasses or sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll say, two, you know, none and all their liquid is. Their liquid is soda, coffee, maybe some tea, but people have a hard time getting that water in, don't they? Yep. You know, I bet most people don't realize if your body lacks water, you can't metabolize fat. So when you lose weight, the liver breaks down the fat so your body can really get rid of it. You know, our liver is 90%, almost 90% water. So if you're short on water and your metabolism can be just a little bit slower and more sluggish than you really want. So, you know, think about that. We really need water to help your liver metabolize fat. So everybody wants to do that these days. They do. That's 67% of the population, right? Yep. Those are a lot of people coming into our office as well. So as Dar mentioned, I really do enjoy helping people that 
deal with stress and anxiety. And how I help these people is I put together an eating plan that helps balance their brain so that they can more successfully deal with stressful situations, which we all encounter. And, you know, keep in mind, water is very important for our brain because our brain is made up of mostly omega-3 fat and water. So the type of water you drink is going to be very important for your brain health as well. I mean, just think of that, Clara. Don't, you know, just when we think about that is our brain is fat and water and maybe a little bit of magnesium. And we always talk about magnesium all the time, don't we? Yep, and And, other minerals. And, you know, people just, they just can't believe that that's going to make a difference Mm -hmm. if they're drinking their eight to 10 glasses of water every day. So, but we know that water quality is a very complicated topic, more complicated than I know. So we've invited Richard Grassy to share his wisdom about water today. You know, I met Richard, I think probably about 20 years ago when, Richard, you installed a water filtering system at our St. Paul office. And really, Richard, thanks to you, I've been drinking pure water for the past 20 years and maybe that's why people just don't believe that I'm 72. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, Richard, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. And how did you become such an expert? Because you are an expert in this field. I mean, you really are an expert. Well, thank you, Dar. Um, that's a good question. With me, I guess my interest in water first began oh, about 35 years ago when I couldn't tolerate the taste of the water provided by the city where I was living. So 35 years ago, Richard. <laughs> yes, that kind of ages me, there's no doubt about it. <clears throat> so you, you know, that's a lot of learning about one topic, water. Right, right. Well, and there's a lot to, like you said earlier, there's an awful lot to know. Um, it's not just, you know, how important water is. It's what's finding its way into water. It's how to deal with that and eliminate the various chemicals that find their way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's making sure that we drink enough water, and the American Dietetic Association states that we're supposed to drink half of our body weight in ounces every day for a non-active adult. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of water. It is a lot of water. But water, um, it, there isn't a single function that takes place in our body without water. We have to drink and hydrate to be able to eliminate properly. Yes, exactly. So... Well, Richard, I think, you know, since we have you on, let's let's take advantage of the situation because you really are the expert. And I think, you know, for this show, we're just going to ask you lots of questions. And these are questions that Dar and I and all of our teachers and counselors get from clients and class members. But we also want to give our listeners the opportunity to call with their questions. So the number here is 651-641-1071. And so I'm just going to start with this question. Can you compare tap water and filtered water for us? And what might be in our tap water that we don't want in our bodies? And, you know, Richard, this is a question that we hear all the time, isn't it, Cara? Yep. You know, why can't I just drink tap water? What's wrong with that? Well, <clears throat> you know, first of all, there's, there's, there's four types of water that I maybe should mention to begin with. There's city river water. Okay, and that's like what's like Minneapolis, St. Paul, Paul, Bloomington, Crystal, okay. New Hope, Golden Valley. Okay. Then there's city well water. And who, who would who would be that? That would be the the, the next perimeter of cities, whether it's Edina, um, Egan, okay, um, Minnetonka, okay, Sherwood, okay. And then there's private well water. Okay, and that would be like my daughter who lives out on a farm. Right. 
that, that would, would be people around the lakes or, you know, deep haven, some of the, you know, any direction you go from the city, you're going to be in a private well. Yes, exactly. And then there's what we call nuisance well water, where there's more issues with that water, and it's more because of the hassle of staining and things like that. Okay. So, um, because water is the universal solvent, it picks up a piece of everything that it comes in contact with, of which most of those Things, or I would call chemicals, are tasteless and odorless. And we can't see them. You can't see them. And in most cases, you can't smell them. And in most cases, you can't taste them. Okay. There has been, from what I've read, there's about 80,000 different chemicals that have been manufactured in this country. 80,000 different chemicals. 80,000. They're everywhere. And they're gradually finding their way into our water supplies. Okay. And now a city does what they can to treat the water, and I think cities do the best that they can with the technology that they have and the funding that they have available, but that doesn't mean there isn't a lot of other things going on. So, Richard, what are some of those things that might be in water? I mean, you know, you turn on your tap, even after it's been filtered out through the city or even before it gets to the city, you know, filtering system. Well, okay, so if we, if we think of groundwater or river water, that water is at the effect of all the chemicals that we put on our lawn, what um, runs into the river. Um, then there's chemicals that the city adds to make the water um, hopefully safer in the form of chlorine. Okay. And or ammonia mm-hmm. or chloroform, all of which are used to d- disinfect water supplies. Now, when chlorine interacts with man-made chemicals called synthetic organic chemical compounds, there's a family of chemicals that are formed that are called trihalomethanes, and they are just not good for us. Okay, so they cause some health problems. Absolutely. Okay. So let's say when we shower or bathe, Mm -hmm. chemicals that are suspended in the water in the form of a gas, like pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, detergents, potentially, synthetic organic chemical compounds, they end up in the steam or vapor of that shower water or bath water, and now they're in a, in, a, in a form that we can breathe in to our bodies or we can absorb them through our skin since our skin is our largest organ and our pores are open when we're in a hot shower or bath. Well, so I... So that's... I, I jumped to another topic. So I, right. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, I want to bring that down to a level <laughs> that people can really understand because I had the grandchildren at their swimming lessons yesterday... And, of course, the pool has a lot of chlorine in it, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So it's treated, and then you take them out, and then you shower them, and I'm sure that that is not filtered water. No, it won't be. It won't be. <laughs> no, no, it won't be. So then I bring them home, <laughs> and I I actually give them a bath because I want to get all that off their body as right. soon as possible. Right. When you get out of a pool, you can smell the chlorine on your skin and on your body. Right. right. Exactly. And some, you know, and some people have more sensitive systems, and they're going to react to that. But we're probably all reacting to some point if we don't are not aware of it. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. it's hard not to react. Um, one thing I just want to mention about shower water: when you when when those chemicals like chlorine are removed, in my experience, when you get into a shower and it, you, it's like it's really hot and it has a burn, that first burn, in my experience, is a chemical burn. Mm-hmm. And when you remove those chemicals, not only can you be, be in that shower and be breathing in the fumes that are, are the steam that's good for us, that burn is not any longer there. The water is still hot, but the burn feels different. Okay, so it's more like a chemical burn. Okay. That's... Well, Richard, guess what? You 
are getting some callers here, but we do need to take a break. So we're going to ask, we're going to let these callers ask you a question right after break. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And recently, recent news reports recommend reducing our daily salt intake by about a half a teaspoon, which would prevent 99,000 heart attacks and 66,000 strokes. Where are we getting all the salt? Well, 77% of the sodium in the American diet comes from processed food. So if you eat non-processed food, you most likely do not have too much sodium in your diet. Um, So callers, stay on the line, and we'll be back after break. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, Certified Nutrition Specialist, and I'm here with Cara Carper, Nutrition Counselor, and Richard Grassi, who is a water expert. If you've taken our weight and wellness classes, and a lot of people have, and you've kind of, you know, maybe you've fallen away from healthy eating because I've heard this last week many, many times, you know, it's those graduation parties that I went to, or... I mean, a lot of people are eat really, they're working long, stressful hours, and it's harder to eat healthy when you're working those long hours. And, you know, some people just had a fun vacation and they fell off. So if you want to get back to the eating the weight and wellness way, you know, sign up for living the weight and wellness way. Um, that's a class that we developed. It's eight sessions, one hour sessions, and we developed that class to help people stay focused with their eating. And, you know, people start feeling better. They lose some pounds. They get healthy again. And we start these classes coming up the week, the next week, right now, next week, St. Paul, Wyzetta, White Bear Lake. So you can check the website for dates and times, and it's weightandwellness.com. And I think that's it. And then also, you know, we have the Living the Weight and Wellness Way, which, like Dar said, that's for graduates of our weight or regular weight and wellness series. But just want to let everyone know that the regular weight and wellness series is going to be starting the week of July 12th and located all throughout the Twin Cities. So just um, keep that in the back of your mind and check our website for details. And we have lots of callers this morning. I knew we would have them. So this is great. I'm going to take Nanette's caller. Hi, Nanette. Welcome to the show. Hi. uh, my, My question evolved a little bit differently since I have been on hold and listening, but I I took a class in nutrition in college, and our teacher had said if you have copper pipes, you know, you can get traces of copper through your drinking water. So I've been faithfully drinking city water for years, um, and I don't buy bottled water or filter water, so now I'm thinking I better do something differently. So if I filter water, would I get 
would I still be able to get the traces of copper, uh, or maybe I get it through other foods, or is bottled water better? Good question. Great question. That brings where, up a whole other topic, I know. <laughs> so where do you go with all that, Richard? Well, you, where do I go? Well, <laughs> the bottled water, that's a whole different topic. But if, you're, if, you're, if you want to have water that's free of copper and any other variable that you're concerned with, there are technologies available that can take water back to its H2O. So right okay. back to the basics. Correct. Without okay. any contaminants in it. Correct. Okay. So, uh, so what, Richard, what is that technology then? Well, there's a lot of different ones out there. The, maybe the confusing part for people is that the, the term purification is so misused because it's really not a regulated term that everything at this point is a purifier. But the better the water has been taken to or the cleaner it's become is a measurable, um, you can measure it. For example, the Twin City metro area, if you're measuring the difficult thing to remove from water, which copper would be one of, uh, are measured in, in the form of parts per million of totally dissolved solids. So like the name implies, there's solids that at one time that are now totally dissolved in the water. And the Twin City metro area will range from about 90 parts per million to 600 is about the highest I've tested in the western part of the suburbs. So uh, some of the water has a lot of contaminants in it then. Or well, some of those are going to be contaminants and some of them are going to be what I wouldn't call contaminants, but they're not necessarily good for us. Yeah, like too much, us. like maybe too much copper. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just to help people understand. And so then, Richard, let's go ahead and answer that question on, you know, if bottled water, you know, because there's so many different... Well, there's different, there's different types of water. Um, there is regulation uh, in bottled water. A lot of water comes out of the ground in various parts of the country, is bottled and shipped to destinations of you know, wherever those stores are. Um, there's different types of water. It's listed on the label. Well, so let's talk about spring water. Spring okay. water versus filtered water. So according, okay, so spring water, according to uh, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, where they have on their website the variations of types of bottled water, spring water means water derived from an underground formation from which water flows naturally to the surface of the earth. So it could have... It will have dissolved solids in it. So it'll have... Con well, dissolved solvents meaning... Whatever that water came in contact with. So there, if, if there's chemicals in the ground that, that, that fed that spring, there are now in that water. Yes. Because they're not being removed. I don't think people realize that when they're drinking bottled water. I don't think they realize it when they're drinking spring water. It can mean anything, can it? Yes. Yes. So versus filtered water. So filtered water, now we're back to that measurement. Filtered water has to measure less than 500 parts per million of dissolved solids. Okay, that sounds too, too a lot of stuff in well, your it, water. Well, it is, especially if you think of water by itself, H2O would measure zero. Okay. So. <laughs> Are you still there, so, Nanette? <laughs> no, no, it's great. I, it's something to keep... Uh, so how do so topic. so Richard? If I want to have uh, I want to have a bottle of water with me, which yes. I you know we all carry water with us, right? What and I and I can't really trust what I'm going to get if I stop at SA and buy a bottle of water. Okay. So what what what's the solution? Well, there's like a technology that combines 
let's say, reverse osmosis, deionization, uh, carbon filtration, sediment filtration, all in one system, will take that water down to one to two parts. And then the definition of purified water would be for the water to measure less than 10 parts. So there's technologies that are variable that'll take water to that level. When water's taken to that level, for me, the goal is safe water, water that you feel comfortable with, whatever a person's concerns are. But when water's taken to that level of purity, it tastes exceptional at room temperature. And if we're trying to consume more water, which is in everybody's mind in this day and age, I believe, we have to be able to drink water at room temperature because it's the easiest to consume more of it. So we, that must be exactly what we have at our office. That is what you have at your mm-hmm. office. Yep. yep, and it does taste excellent. Yep. So, well, Nanette, thank you for your call. You're welcome. And Hope that was helpful. <laughs> let's take another caller here. Okay. Good, good questions this morning. Hi, Jeannie. Thanks so much for holding. Do you have a question about salt in the water? Yes, I do. I have been reading books about, oh, you're not sick, you're dehydrated. Um, I read a book about from by Russell Mariani that believes that you need to be drinking uh, half your weight in water every day and room temperature and also that you should be putting in one-eighth of a teaspoon to every 32 ounces of Celtic sea salt and that it's supposed to hydrate your cells, not just um, flush through your system. Okay. What do you think, Richard? What do I you agree think about with that. that? I use, I use uh, Celtic sea salt myself. I use it in all our cooking, and if I want to add... Um, some salts to the water. That's what I would use. Absolutely, I'm, you're right. right on. You're on the right path, in my All opinion. Right. Well, you had a great resource there, Jeannie. Thanks for bringing that up. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call today. So take, we're going to take another li- take caller? one more call, and then we're going to go to break. Okay. Hi, Jerry. What's your question today? Hi, Jerry. Jerry. Hello? Hi. I know you've been waiting a long time. Are you still there? Uh, yes, hi. See, um, uh, with turn, our, with Jerry, our turn kids, your radio off. Okay, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much okay. better. With, you know, I, we, we have city water, and I read about a carbon block filter as a way to filter out certain things that you don't want, but at the same time, keep the necessary minerals that the kids need. So is a carbon block filter the right answer to, again, get out some of the bad things? And then um, you hear a lot about fluoride being added to water. It's necessary for kids' teeth, yet when you see pictures of when they add this fluoride into the water, they wear full hazmat suits. Is this good for us? Do we still need all this fluoride? Good question. Those are both very good questions. Let's do the the carbon filter first. Let's talk about that. And we might, let's do that and then we'll have to, when we come back from break, We'll answer the fluoride question, but go ahead, Richard. Okay, so a carbon block filter, carbon is a specific media that absorbs chemicals that are suspended in the water in the form of a gas, like chlorine, uh, ammonia, things like that. So it'll take those things out. It'll take those things out. When you put it into a block, it also helps filter. So let's say if you were in 100 parts per million to dissolve solids was your measurement of water in your home, that carbon block filter might take it down from 100 to 90 parts per million. Okay. So anything that's a dissolved solid, like heavy metals, lead, nitrates, those kinds of things will pass through. 
Okay, so it so it's a help. It's not. I don't think it's the be all end all, mm-hmm. but it's a help, and okay. it's better than doing nothing. Absolutely, Richard. What would you do for you know you your kids need a certain amount of minerals, right? Correct. And if you went beyond the carbon block filter, what would you do to make sure they still get those minerals in the water? Me- meaning, I don't want to create distilled water, right? Well, I think, you know, that's been a question that I've been asked for, you know, 25 years. <laughs> uh, minerals in water. Are minerals in water good for you or are they not good for you? Well, minerals in water are from dissolved rock. They're not in a form that your body can use in the form that they're in. They're very difficult to change into a form that are absorbable, absorbable and I, that is not, in my opinion, the way to get minerals. We're getting them from foods or a high-quality supplement. Because a high-quality supplement has put it, put that mineral, let's say calcium, into a form that's absorbable. Your body doesn't have to do much work to make it into the correct form that it's absorbable. Minerals in water are not the answer. Yeah, I think the other thing is, to, you know, take a look at zinc. And we know that zinc comes from mainly meat. And so a lot of other chemical or minerals, good healthy minerals, do come from, you know, vegetables and meat mm-hmm. that we would be getting all the time if we're eating that way. So this is such good information. I mean, these are the questions that we get every, every day, day, every yes. day, and we're getting them all answered in an hour here. But it is time to take a break. Jerry, you can either stay on the line and we're going to get to your question on fluoride. Or I do understand if you need to hang up, but we'll answer that when we come back. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. This week, speaking of minerals, I've, I've, I've had a several clients with restless leg syndrome. So what are the causes of this? Well, you know, it could be too much caffeine. It could be a sign of elevated insulin, which is really just a pre-diabetic condition. And erratic blood sugar levels, they, what they do is they disturb the fine-tuning of both muscles and nerves. So if you have restless leg syndrome, it might be time to cut out the processed carbohydrates and sugar. So questions, give us a call, 651-641-1071. My Talk 1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, before break, Carl was discussing causes of restless leg syndrome. And so here's a couple of other connections that I have found as a nutritionist. Often it's an indication of a low level of magnesium. So off, you know, if you take 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium glycinate, which is a form of magnesium that's easy to absorb, it often stops or slows down those restless legs. You know, sometimes, though, it is an an iron deficiency. So I usually recommend asking your doctor for a ferritin level test to determine your iron level. And restless leg syndrome is, you know, it's really a common nutritional problem that as nutritionists we really can help people with. So, uh, you know, if people still have questions about Water questions for Richard, our number here is 651-641-1071. And we were talking about, just before break, we had a caller online mm-hmm. and we were, he was talking about fluoride, I believe, was the next part of the question. Yeah. Are you still there, Jerry? Yes, I am. Okay, fabulous. Thanks for holding. So we're on to part two of your question and you have some really good questions. That's why we wanted to keep you on the line and get everything answered. And part two was um, you hear that kids need you know, fluoride. And I guess the question I have is if you filter it out of the water, is that a problem? The other thing you also you know, hear and see is 
when they add fluoride into water, they physically wear full hazmat suits. So how can this be so healthy for us when they add it, they're so cautious? Well, it's a, that is a good question, Jerry. And my response to that is there was, there was years where I wouldn't really discuss fluoride. But in the last two or three years, with all the research that's out, if you Google fluoride, you will be amazed at how much information is out there. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the fluoride in toothpaste and the form that fluoride is used is a different form of fluoride, from what I've learned and read, than the fluoride that's added to water. In fact, the fluoride that's added to water has typically been, I've been told, is a byproduct of the fertilizer and aluminum industries. Not very good for us. Now, when you're putting fluoride in toothpaste, it's going onto the teeth. When you're consuming fluoride in water, it's going throughout your whole body. And that, in my estimation, cannot be a good thing. Does a carbon block filter take out fluoride, or what type of filter would you have to put in your house to take out the fluoride and the other? You know, as you talked about different things, Yes. what type of filter would you have to put in your house so that you are taking out the, the things that, quite honestly, you shouldn't have? Right. So carbon will not deal with fluoride. Fluoride will pass through. It may, it, may, it may reduce it a little bit, but to really remove it, reverse osmosis as a technology will help lessen it, but it won't remove it either. When you incorporate deionization, another technology with reverse osmosis, we can make the claim of removal, not reduction, but removal of fluoride. Okay. Great. Thank so, you very much. No other questions? You had great questions for us. Thank you this Thank morning. You. Yeah. We, we um, do have another question here. Okay. Hi, Rita. Do you have a question about magnesium? I do. Um, and it's, it's very timely because uh, I came home, yes, or came home recently from the tropics, and I've been having leg cramps. Uh-huh. And all I wanted to do yesterday was sit in some Epsom salts and, and feel like I would be rejuvenated again. But when you start taking the supplements, do you have to start slowly so you don't get the GI distress? And No, it's the form of magnesium that gives you that. So magnesium glycinate is very easy to digest and it's very absorbable. And that means that it's attached to an amino acid and amino acids come from protein, and so that's why it's so absorbable. But if you go and buy magnesium oxide, it doesn't get absorbed very well, and it often gives people diarrhea. So does magnesium citrate. So get the right form, and then, you know, you usually can take uh, three, four, five of those um, at bedtime or through the day without any problem at all, and that will probably help you with your leg cramps. Okay. Um, my sister has terrible um, restless legs, and I, I'm thinking that this would help her as well. Oh, I'm sure it would. Now, but, is, there any, is there any link to the two of us also have a lot of bladder spasms and issues like oh, sure. that? Yes. You know, your bladder is a muscle. Okay. So is your intestinal tract. It's a muscle. So any muscle is affected by minerals, magnesium being one of them. But then, you know, I did mention about if you're... If you're not keeping your iron stores, at, you know, if it's, they're too low, that could cause restless legs too. So that's okay. why I said go have your ferritin level mm-hmm. checked. Yeah, and my my level is, is perfect, so I don't have okay. to worry about that. But maybe your sister should have hers done. Okay, and the water issue is great. I have been living by that rule of thumb and telling I'm a nurse, and I tell all my patients that come through that rule of you drop your body weight in half and drink that much in fluid ounces. And the looks of astonishment I get are incredible. And I said, just do it for a week and you will feel so much better. So great show. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much.
Thank you. If I can, can I can yeah. I just comment on one thing that yep. she just said? When I'm telling people or suggesting to people that they drink half of their body weight in water, the common response is, well, I'm just going to be running back and forth to the bathroom. Well, that, in my experience, may be true initially. Yes. But when we're dehydrated, the body has to decide what's going to get the little bit of water that we do take in. So it goes to the critical areas. And the other areas are, are not getting that water that they desperately need. So once you start drinking more water, eventually your body learns how to really start to use it, and you're not running it back and forth like you would at the beginning. Yes, exactly. That, you mm-hmm. agree with that, Dr.? It's almost like yeah. your body be, has to become saturated. Right, right. Because it's in such a state of dehydration. Right. So, Richard, I have a couple of other questions. Okay. Let's talk about arsenic in water. And I know that that's a new problem or a newer problem than some of the other things. Well, it's 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 a problem. Um, it's it's a, it's a private well problem. Okay. Um, prior to about a year or so ago, the level a uh, level level a uh, level level for arsenic was fifty parts per billion. Um, based on new research, um, it the level was lowered to ten parts per billion. Now, it isn't tied in yet with a mortgage. Like if you're building a home on a private well, there's two things that the state tests for or or mandates is E. coli bacteria and nitrates. Well, they're now testing for arsenic. It's just not part of that mortgage thing yet, but it probably will be. Arsenic is not good. It should not be in water at all. It's more difficult to remove. We also can deal with that. So where is that arsenic coming from? Where is the source of it? That's the question. Okay. Well, I got to look that up because that's uh, okay. there's a little bit of a detail there. It'll take me a second. Here. Okay. Actually, let's let's go to break and okay. then we'll Already? let him. Okay. I know. I know. We're almost done with the show today. Oh, my gosh. And we'll come back and then he will have the answer for us. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And, you know, look outside. If the cloudy, rainy weather is just getting you down and you're not feeling as good as you'd like to, you could have something called SAD, S-A-D, Seasonal Affective Disorder, even in the middle of summer. So you might just need some vitamin D. But, you know, something else that can help with moods is to learn about the food-mood connection. And we have a wonderful class called Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods, and it's being held this Wednesday, June 30th. So if you're interested in signing up, you can call 651 699 or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, there's so much to know about water, and we've really just touched on a few important parts. So if you have questions for Richard, uh, it's okay to email you, right? Yes, of, of course. And how do they email you? So it would be info at richardswater.com. Com. Okay, Richard's Water. Okay, and then you have a phone number yeah, that they can call? The phone number at the office is 952-920-1200. Okay, and if people miss those, you can always call our office or email us, and we've got that at our office. So, you know, our office number is 651-699-3438. So we were talking about... Arsenic. 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 So arsenic... Um, is a known human carcinogen. Which means it causes cancer. Correct. Um, in the book, Bottle Mania, um, she cites that the goal would be zero, not okay. 10 parts per billion, mm-hmm. but obviously 10 is a much, a much lower level than 50 parts per billion. 
Um, it comes from lots of things. It comes from um, industry and agriculture. Okay, industry and agriculture. It's a component in poultry feed. Wow. Uh, the element is used in as a wood preservative and in paints, dyes, metals, drugs, soaps, and semiconductors. And all the things that are, you know, routinely buried in landfills, which generate arsenic leachate. Really? Wow. It's also an ingredient in some, an ingredient in some fertilizers, fungicides, insecticides, rodenticides, um, and can quickly contaminate groundwater. Okay. And so it's really a problem in well waters then, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. And we've just started, we've just started to test for it. Okay. So that everyone should be... I would think everyone should be testing for that. I, you know, if I had a, a well, I would want to know that one. So, especially if you live out in the surrounding areas a little bit, I would think so. So, should we take some more callers? Yes, we have time for a couple more calls here. Okay, I know I'm going to get your name wrong. Is it Tara or Tara? It's Tara. Tara. Okay. Hi, Tara. Thanks for Hi. waiting. Sure. Um, I was just wondering, a friend of mine um, said that she's drinking ionized water and that it helps balance her body and balance the pH level, and I just wanted to know if there's any truth to that or, you know, if it really is as good for you as I've heard. Well, um, that's a good question. Um, Ionizers are designed to take water and whatever the pH of that water is, maybe it's 7 or 7.4, and the goal is to raise it up higher. Um, you know, I do, I do know a little bit about the acid-alkaline issue in bodies. Um, my problem with, with ionizers is that they're sold as purifiers, and they're really just raising the pH. They're not really cleaning up the potential chemicals that are in water. And I think if I was, I would want uh, some of the contaminants cleared out before I would worry about right. Uh, yes. Right. My goal is to, if you start from zero, then you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. That's you a know? great, yeah, that's right. Well, Richard. I know she buys it somewhere where it comes from a, like, reverse osmosis system, and then they put minerals in it, and then ionize it, so okay. would that um, make a difference? It, yeah. I, I, I would think that would be better. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because then I've, they've, they've attempted to start from scratch, and then they've added back what they want. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. just a good rule of thumb for everything. Get rid of the bad stuff before you start worrying. <laughs> and right. then add in the good things. <laughs> so, okay. Thank thanks you. for the call thanks, this morning. Tara. Good question. So another another caller. Hi, Judy. You have a great question for Richard today. What is that? Yes, good morning. I um, I drink a lot of water. I'm very healthy, but I drink much more than half my weight. That's fine. Uh, That's a minimum. Pardon? The, the half the weight is minimum. You know, if oh, you, okay. So there's no problem. I probably drink double. No, I mean, weight. if you work out or if you just are, if you're actually on the radio talking, you use up a lot of, you know, anytime you teach or do anything like that, you use up more water. And okay. look, yeah. I mean, that's fine to drink more. Okay. Well, that's kind of a rule of question. Great show. If Thank I can, you. if I can one, add one little comment, the rule of thumb that I think is important, and please don't take this wrong. I think people should drink enough water so that during the day when, when they pee, their urine is clear. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, Richard, I have a question. Okay. We hear this all the time. How about a Brita, a Brita system? How does that, is that good enough, basically? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's somewhat effective. Again, 
when I'm in a home and I'm talking to a, 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 someone who wants to learn more about water and they have a Brita, we're always testing that. I'll test the tap water and to show what the level of dissolved solids are. And then if they have a Brita, I'll test that water. So back to an example, if the water was 300 parts per million coming out of the tap and then we test the Brita water, it might knock it down to from 300 to 200 parts. It's not going to take it down and remove everything. It does, like anything, it helps. But not the total mm-hmm. answer. It's not, no, okay. it's not taking it all the way to nothing where we can start. Well, that's another one. You know, the refrigerators all these days have a filter. Yes. And I think people believe that that is filtering out all the contaminants. We're back to the same thing. It's filtering. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not removing. We're filtering. Okay, so we, re- we move it down some. Uh, most refrigerators won't because they're typically carbon filters, and carbon isn't removing dissolved solids. It's dealing with the easier things that are suspended in the form of a gas like chlorine. Okay. So I have another question. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How about ice? Ice that you make, or not ice that you make yourself, but ice that you buy, you know, at when, you know, I just bought some at my food co-op last night. Okay. So if ice is clear, the process of freezing it has enabled the ice to have the dissolved solids sloughed off in the in the freezing process so the ice can be crystal clear. When it is crystal clear, it also freezes harder and lasts longer. If we take and we run pure, legitimate purified water to a refrigerator ice machine, because of the air movement in the refrigerator and the freezer as the water freezes into ice, we'll have some cloudiness in the center and the outside will be clear, but there'll be nothing in there. It'll just be water. Okay. Frozen. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now I have a question. (laughs) (laughs) We have a couple minutes left. So we're trying to get these really important ones in. What about bottled water? You know, as a nation, we drink 50 billion single serve bottles. Yes. And that was, that is from uh, last year, 2009. The scary thing to me about that, irregardless of what we think about bottled water, is that 50 billion bottles, single serves, is enough plastic bottles to grow around the world 190 times. Are people recycling these? Well, everything that I've read, it's maybe, maybe one in five. It's okay, recycled. wow. And the rest is ending up everywhere. Okay. Doesn't break down. So how did we get into all this bottled water stuff? Well, <laughs> again, what, I, what I've read is it might be 15 years ago now when the bottle, maybe 20. I haven't really uh, timed that, but... What I've, re- what I've read is the soda pop industry was not gaining the increase in sales that they needed. You mean Coke wasn't doing well? Well, they're doing well, <laughs> but they, you know, big companies, big corporations want to, you know, pay their stockholders every year with, with yes. dividends. Yes. And so the bottled water industry has really been driven by the soda pop industry. And it's a huge industry now. I believe last year there was $157 million spent on advertising bottled water in this country. Okay. It's, uh, you see it. It's everywhere. People buy cases and cases of this stuff. It goes on sale. and Correct. And Correct. all that's going into not just the landfills, but like you said, it's everywhere right. throughout the world. Yes. Yep. So I, you know, I want to talk a little bit more, Richard, just some of the other contaminants and other things that are typically in tap water. You know, I know we talked about pesticides. We talked about lead we talked about arsenic we talked about and that wouldn't be in necessarily in filtered city, or city water but it would be in well water but so 
what other things that do they find? Well, let's let's take pretty much all water. It's uh, I think the EPA has stated that atrazine is virtually in every water supply in the country, and that's huge. That's a fertilizer, right? That's a, yes, yeah, it's very big in the, in the in Midwest the, uh, growth mm-hmm. growth of corn. Uh, atrazine is uh, manufactured by a Swiss company. Uh, it's been banned in every country in Europe, and uh, but it's available in this mm-hmm. country in large amounts. There's tons and tons and tons of uh, atrazine. Well, Richard, thank you for being on today. So, give your website again, or your. Well, I have a website too, but the 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 email is info at richardswater.com. and the website is www. Uh, richardswater.com. So just change the first, the initial beginning, and uh, 952-920-1200. Thank you so much for having me, Dara and Carol. Everybody have a great weekend.